Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive as Catholic, we have hearts that are actually, it desires the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. It's time to grab a cup of something warm or cold if you prefer as we join host Michael Wilde and Father Will Thompson coming to you from St. James Coffee in Rochester. I am not Michael Wilde, in fact. I am Matt Wilkham. Uh, kind of a similar alliteration there, MW. Yeah, it gets it across, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, with the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, Office of, uh, vo- of uh, I almost said vocations. I'm looking at you, <laughs> Father Will Thompson, former vocation director That's for the right. Diocese. I'm with the Office of Communications. You mm-hmm. are pastor at Pax, Christ- Pax Christi Parish here in Rochester, also Saints Peter and Paul in Mazeppa. That's and you're right. listening to Real Presence Live Coming to you, as you heard, from St. James Coffee in beautiful Rochester, Minnesota. And it certainly is beautiful this morning. I walked out this morning, and I almost thought I was in a rainforest or something. You know, there were so many birds chirping away, and I uh, haven't heard that for a while. Yes, so I'd certainly t- certainly a blessing to have spring well on its way. Absolutely. absolutely. We've been waiting for it a long time. But yeah. it's been a nice slow melt. Yes. It's what yeah. we wanted. Yeah, I know. I know there are many, many places that are going to be or already affected by flooding, um, but hopefully it doesn't. The, the, hopefully the the melting doesn't you know speed up right. uh, at all. So we pray. Right. We pray for those who are uh, who are being affected by the flooding. Indeed, and uh, I know in, in Winona, we, I've noticed the Mississippi being uh, you know a little bit higher than usual. But uh, right. the levees, I believe, are holding. Very good. Well, why don't we begin with pray uh, with prayer, and then we can get uh, a preview of what's going to be happening on our show today. Very good. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise this day for the many blessings in our lives. We thank you especially for this Lenten season, that through our acts of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we would die more to ourselves, so we can live more fully in you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. You bet. So what have we got coming up on the show today? Well, I'll tell you what. We have, uh, what does it mean to be a man of God? That's the question of the day. Does it include a, a closer friendship with Jesus, being more present in family life, or being more involved in the church activities? We'll find out when we visit with Father Paul Hazing, de- Dean of Seminarians at Kendrick Glennon Seminary in St. Louis, and keynote speaker at the upcoming men's conference in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. That's going to be happening April 27th in Mankato. Excellent. Looking forward to it. And we've got a whole bunch of other things going on, too. But I uh, just wanted to, again, thank you for joining us here on Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Will Thompson. And uh, we come to you from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. And we, uh, we're very excited for spring, for we sure. Are. We are. Also very excited to uh, be able to talk with Father Paul Hazing. Father Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Father Will. Good to be with you both, Matt. It's been a long time. In yeah, Omaha. yeah. I've I've left Omaha about five months ago, in order to take this position with the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. But um, happy to put on my Catholic radio hat once again, at least for a couple hours here. And you were a regular <laughs> guest on our morning show in Omaha, uh, at the Catholic radio station there. And uh, so happy to 
So happy to uh, talk with you once again. And Father, we know that there are so many different meanings of what it means to be a man. Uh, what does it mean to be a man of God in this day and age? Well, that is an open-ended question. That's what radio guys do, right? Right. <laughs> That's a great, great the place to start. The floor is yours. What does it mean? <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, it means uh, that he is meant to be a father. And so every man uh, is meant for a fatherhood that uh, if you were to simply describe fatherhood, the one who did it best was, I think, Father Bill Bear. God rest his soul, mm, who was the uh, rector of the college seminary, St. John Vianney. Uh, he really instilled in those men uh, that a father provides, he protects, and he establishes. What does he establish? He establishes the life of Christ in his household. So whether he is a father of a family or father of a parish uh, or a congregation, he is meant to provide, protect, and establish. And uh, countless guys came out of that college seminary under Father Bear and became great spiritual fathers and great family men uh, at the same time through their discernment because of his fatherhood. So what's it mean to be a man in this day and age? The same it's meant to be in every age. A man is meant to become a father. So. And so as, as a man seeks to become a father, uh, seeks to grow as a man of God, it's not simply, you know, fitting a mold, uh, fitting a, a form, but it's, it's really a relationship. Um, could you tell us what that relationship with God looks like for someone who wants to be a man of God? Yeah, this is, uh, it starts with uh, being a son, uh, letting God the Father be your father. And so you look at the life of Jesus, uh, he is the perfect son of the perfect loving father. And that sonship allows him to stand before all of us, then, as a father. And he says it himself, whoever sees me sees the father. And so it starts with us as men learning how to be a son. And we're going to have the gospel this weekend, prodigal son, and I'd invite every man to pay close attention to those two sons, because those two attitudes tend to be in each one of us. An escape from being a son takes his possessions and spends his life on dissipation, and then the elder brother who lives like a hired man and doesn't even ask his dad for a goat. He asks nothing of a father who says, everything I have is yours. So both of these men, both of these sons, don't know what it is to be a son. And those attitudes are in a lot of men. They don't know what it is to be a son. So that's what the relationship primarily looks like, a beloved son. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how does one become this this man of God that you speak of? You know, we have a lot of, uh, I think, guys running around in our culture now who they know very much how, about how to be a boy, my, myself included. We all have this growing up that we need to do. How do we facilitate the, this growing up and becoming a, a man of God? Well, it starts with paying attention. And uh, if we're paying attention to uh, our great desires, then we're going to start to ask for the things we need. Um, you know, all the spiritual life is, in the beginning, is, is becoming aware. And becoming aware, if we're not aware of what we need or what we're lacking or what we want more of, again, to go back to the prodigal son, there's that critical moment. He came to his senses, and then he thought. And so there's this thoughtlessness, there's this mm-hmm. senselessness, 
in a lot of men, and we numb what we really want. We medicate in a variety of ways, and we avoid in a variety of ways. And so a lot of what prayer will do for a man is start to bring a man to his senses and then start thinking in a way that permits him to pay attention to God. And that prompting, that that is the Holy Spirit, and it, and it really is the silence of prayer that permits the Holy Spirit to be amplified. And so for a lot of men to take time and silence each day can be a great spiritual discipline, especially in preparation for this men's conference. I'd love to see men be able to take at least five, ten minutes. And I teach the men how to say Mass here at the seminary, and uh, I ask them to uh, take a, about 60 seconds after communion. So they're, they're practicing. And I just want them to get the feel of 60 seconds of silence. Because imagine having 60 seconds of silence during the Mass. I've done it in parishes, and people might jump out of their skin because they haven't had it. <laughs> it's really astonishing. They think, are we going to be late? Is this going to be beyond an hour? I know exactly what time it is. Mm-hmm. They're in good hands, but 60 seconds is agonizing for a lot of people because they don't know what to do with the time. Right. But the silence is the beginning of that prayer, and prayer is where the healing takes place. Prayer is where the awareness happens, and the silence is where the Holy Spirit can be laboring to get our attention and bring yeah. us to our senses. Yeah, that silence and awareness really are key components of prayer. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to Real Presence Live. Uh, I'm Father Will Thompson along with Matt Wilkham, and we're interviewing Father, Father Paul Hazing. Um, Father Paul, uh, we had mentioned a little bit, and you just uh, talked about your eagerness to get to the, the men's conference here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and Mankato. Uh, could you give us a little preview about, of what you'll be talking about? Sure. It's going to be, we're in the resurrection season, right? And so with the resurrection, we want to be noticing the real presence of the risen Jesus in our lives, who is the perfect man. And the preview is basically teaching how to pray. And when we learn how to pray, we learn how to be in communion. And when we learn how to be in communion, we learn how to be more free. And when we learn how to be more free we become more of who we are for others. And that would be the basic theme. I don't have a title yet. I'm still developing that. I just, I really kind of rely upon the Holy Spirit in preparing for something and, and leave that preparation till, the, till they demand a title from me. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, they've given me this liberty to just be creative here. And, and so the keynote is learning to pray, learning to be free, learning to be real men. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the hope. In, in being with the men, and uh, we're going to have time to pray, and I'll be leading some of that prayer, kind of a lexio, when we have exposition. Uh, it was really helpful when I was going through my own seminary formation to have priests uh, assist me in noticing the Scripture and noticing what happened to me when I was praying the Scripture. And, and that kind of uh, kind of led prayer with, with appropriate silences was, was a great sort of instruction uh, teaching how to pray that I, I hope to offer to the men there as well during exposition. So I want to get out of the way of the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit stir in these men's hearts and, um, and see what the Lord wants to do for them. Because that's something that Jesus does often in the gospel. He asks questions, especially asking questions like, what do you want to, what do you want me to do for you? What are you looking for? Do you want to be well? He's always asking questions to incite desire in us, and that's what I think 
what the Holy Spirit wants for men. Men with chess, men with desires, men with courage, and uh, questions help bring that about. So, I think Father Hazing, you. you just perfectly described Saint Joseph and in his example of what it means to be a man. I, I saw a really iconic photo recently uh, of a procession in Detroit where mm-hmm. folks were uh, they were they were um, honoring Saint Joseph this past week. We had the Solemnity of St. Joseph. I've been kind of on mm-hmm. the St. Joseph kick. How much does mm-hmm. he play into uh, what you're going to be talking about at the men's conference in Mankato, April 27th? Well, there's, there's a man, St. Joseph, who paid such close attention that he dreamed about what God was doing in his life. <laughs> you know how that happens. You, you have a, an involving job, you have an involving... Uh, project, and you, you actually dream about the job, or you dream about the project. Well, St. Joseph was so involved in who Mary was, and the child, that he dreamt about what to do with them. That's a man who pays attention to others. So, this is a man who pays attention and prays with the reality in front of him. Prayer is not about escaping reality. It's about praying into the reality in such a way that God comes into our reality in a whole new lived way, which is what Joseph learned. This reality of a child and its mother is going to be in your life from now on. You're not going to escape this. Now, You're not going to divorce quietly. Now, Father Paul, there's, there's a couple of words that, uh, that keep coming up here, you know, two that have stood out to me, uh, awareness and freedom. Uh, what are some of the obstacles that you see uh, to having awareness and freedom for men today? Wow, that's a great question. So you kind of think of the advices uh, as obstacles, and so if there's a common vice uh, among a lot of men, it would be the vice of a certain apathy, an apathy that speaks of a sloth, uh, a guy that's just slow to move or actually resentful that, that he has so many blessings. He he does, he's there's sadness in the face of how much he's been really blessed with, how much he's been given, how much has simply been done for him. And, and that kind of sadness, that slowness, that the technical phrase would be pusillanimity, a smallness of soul, a small-souled man. So the, the big obstacle is we've got small desires. Even in the seminary, there's some men in the seminary that just want to be ordained, and I tell men, if all you want is the priesthood, if all you want is to be ordained, your desires are too small. You're meant to be a saint. You desire to be a saint. So great desires, greatness of soul, this is the obstacle we're moving through. Smallness of soul to greatness of soul. Slowness and smallness of desire to great desire. And so not being content with small things, mm-hmm. but heaven and sanctity. In life with God, this is what we're meant for. Absolutely. We've been speaking with Father Paul Hazing, Dean of Seminarians at Kenrick Glennon Seminary, and he's going to be speaking, one of the keynote speakers at the upcoming men's conference for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, being held in Mankato April 27th. Father, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, if, as we wrap up, would you be able to uh, please uh, offer us your priestly blessing, us and those listening? Surely. Let us pray. Almighty God, send your blessing upon all those listening, especially those men who are preparing for this men's conference in the Diocese of Winona. 
May your blessing and your goodness come down upon them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much again, Father Paul Hazing, for joining us. And uh, you can go to dowr.org for more information about that men's conference happening again April 27th in Mankato. And uh, also stick around because next we have a special giveaway that you're not going to want to miss. Here's a hint. It involves Archbishop Charles Chaput. Plus, get your questions ready for straight talk. And later, can music affect our ability to participate more fully in the Mass? All this and much more next on Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live from St. James Coffee in Rochester. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You've got Real Presence Radio right now. If you're listening to it, you're probably sitting back saying, Huh, Real Presence Radio is a huge part of the driving culture of promoting Catholicism, and it is. I mean, how many commercials have you heard from previous interviews, especially people calling into this network, saying, you know, you have changed my life. I was driving, I travel a lot, you know, I, I was laid up. For whatever reason, I'm, you know, I was at home, I was listening to that particular program or, or that teaching, and it totally changed my life. So it's not just happenstance that this is working the way that it does. The Holy Spirit can connect with people on a multiple or multiple different levels, and the radio network is one. And the Spirit's telling you, you know what? Be a part of this mission. Help me save souls. Keep uh, you know, RPR on on the live network so people uh, have this beautiful ministry available. This is Cindy Detterman from St. Joseph's in Brooks. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. You're listening to Real Presence Live, coming to you from a bustling St. James Coffee in Rochester on the Real Presence Radio Network. If you're in the area, stop by and see what's brewing each time we host from 9 to 11 a.m. Central Time and join in the conversation on our Facebook page. And be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. You are listening to Real Presence Live Live from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota, I'm Matt Wilkham along with Father Will Thompson, pastor at Pax Christi and Saints Peter and Paul in Mazeppa. And uh, we, we've been having a great show so far. We just got yeah. done talking with Father Paul Hazing, who's going to be keynote speaker at the men's conference in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Had some great things to say about 
about awareness and freedom for men uh, and mm. to become more like St. Joseph. Yeah, really a great start to the show here today. And, you know, as we were remarking before before the show began, is that oh, it's a little, little light here. But uh, in the last half hour or so, uh, people have been coming into St. James a little bit more. So if you're in the area, stop on by to St. James for a good cup of joe. I have uh, the pleasure of drinking a, a bottomless cup of coffee right now. It is, I've, apparently there's free refills. Nice. This could be a dangerous thing for me. Yeah, yeah, you do have, you'd have to be careful about that. You might start bouncing off the walls, but uh, I suppose we can manage that. And you know, If nothing else, just go outside and enjoy the, the right. beautiful weather. Right, I've given up afternoon coffee for Lent. That okay. was my thing. I was like, let's, let's start incrementally. But I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I give up coffee completely. Because mm-hmm. I was so in love with it, my wife, however, she um, she she tasted uh, one of one of my uh, cups of coffee a couple of days ago, and I, this the look of of just sheer horror on her face <laughs> as she tried to get something anything else mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was something to behold. <laughs> it's uh, but you know it's a, maybe an acquired taste. Um, certainly helpful for me. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to have something you can kind of keep for yourself. In there. Right, right, right. <laughs> I used to be a morning show producer uh, mm-hmm. every day, and so I re- relied heavily on the coffee. So I'm, I'm happy to be here, and this coffee definitely does not make me cringe. No, so. no, no. They got good stuff here. Yeah. So I know as we're uh, as we're moving moving through this morning, um, you know, you had mentioned before the break that we've got a, a giveaway coming up. Could, could you say a little bit more about that, Matt? Yes, you have a chance to call in uh, to win one of two books signed by Most Reverend Charles J. Chaput of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And we're very excited about this because um, he recently signed these at the University of Mary's Vocations Jamboree last week specifically for Real Presence Radio, hmm. specifically so that we could give these away on the air. And the first two callers at one at eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two will win one of two books that have been signed by the aforementioned Archbishop Charles Chaput. And uh, also, want to please note: don't call if you're listening on the Saturday to the encore, and you may only win once per quarter. But the first book is "Strangers in a Strange Land." The second book is. Render unto Caesar. And that number again is 877-795-0122. Looking forward to our first two callers. It's a really, really generous gift of uh, Archbishop Chaput. And, um, and not, not just to give those books away, but to, to write those books, you know, to offer us some different perspectives on how is it that we engage as citizens and Catholics right. uh, at the same time. I was at the Catholics at the Capitol gathering just uh, last month, mm-hmm. and uh, he was one of the keynote speakers there, gave an excellent talk on just that topic, talking about how we need to be Catholic across the board when it comes to our political activity. We shouldn't be afraid to engage with that process, and he, he's, he's, he's out there. He's, he's doing it. He's leading us and it's such an inspiring person to be able to follow he's somebody that i always say you know when i am able to identify some some someone who i'm i I say i can follow that man into battle Mm -hmm. i'll follow him anywhere and archbishop chaput is one of those yeah you know and you you're talking about the um, uh, catholics at the capital one of the things i like about the catholics at the capital is the timing 
You know, it's a couple of months after the fall elections, and it's a great reminder to us that the you know engaging in the political process isn't just something that happens on you know that first Tuesday in November, uh, but it's it's ongoing to continue right. to engage our legislators uh, because there are constantly new bills coming up and things that we want to be paying attention to and, and to, to remind them of, uh, of you know of where some of their constituents stand uh, on on those bills. Right, it's a great reminder too to keep abreast of what's going on with your state's specific Catholic conference. I know in Minnesota, the Minnesota Catholic Conference does a lot, but I know we have stations across the upper Midwest, so find your state's specific uh, Catholic Conference website and get involved. Absolutely. And again, we're, uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live. Uh, Father Will Thompson here, along with Matt Wilcom. And... Um, just uh, looking at the the books that Archbishop Charles Chaput uh, has donated to Real Presence Live, um, and uh, talking a little bit about the Catholics at the Capitol uh, that that happened here a few weeks ago. Um, now, I was not able to take part in Catholics at the Capitol, uh, but I understand that, both, that uh, Archbishop Hugh uh, really had a wonderful, wonderful talk. Uh, Jim Caviezel uh, was there. He he's, uh, sounded like he did a wonderful job there that, as well. That was quite inspiring. He was quoting uh, words from Mother Teresa uh, on uh, abortion and some other things that really, I think, got some folks thinking, perhaps, about what's what's most important i mean all issues are important to catholics but uh, but there is a hierarchy of issues we have to remember that yeah and mother Teresa's words uh, specifically on abortion uh are just so poignant especially in our in this time when you know, we see what's happening for example in new york and and now illinois these bills uh, the uh, cardinal down there coming out against against those that would just make uh, abortion a fundamental right uh yeah. it's really it's unbelievable, um, but I always say, you know, sometimes things perhaps have to get worse in order for people to really wake up and to realize how, how bad that they are. But uh, but we always have hope in our in our Savior Jesus Christ, and um, He has won the victory, and we always have to remember that. And so that no matter what happens, yeah. that gives us hope. Well, and, and it's not just that things are getting uh, not necessarily things are getting worse, but they're getting more extreme. And where, where I find hope in that is that you know, the more extreme you go in abortion, the more people are turned off by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as you ta- start talking about well, if you tried to abort the child, but they you know, somehow survived, you can abort them after birth. Right. Okay, that's you're gonna you're gonna lose a few a few abortion supporters mm-hmm. on that, um, and you know that will whittle away more and more, um, you know that you know, perceived ultimate right uh, to to abortion. Um, you know we have a right to life. We have a right to you know, you know the pursuit of uh, life, liberty, and happiness, um, uh, and that is uh, thankfully a part of our country here. Yes, absolutely. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom, along with Father Will Thompson, and we are coming to you from St. James Coffee in a sunny Rochester, Minnesota. It, it's quite a lot of sunshine out there. It's something that we have uh, perhaps been lacking the past past few months. I haven't seen a whole lot of that. You know, I've uh, noticed a lot of people starting to engage in, you know, the the, the full full humanity. Uh, you know, that uh, we we are called uh, not only to be prayerful people, uh, but virtuous people. And part of that is taking care of ourselves. Uh, so a lot lot more people getting out for for walks, for runs, for uh, for biking and. Um, you know, it's it's almost a it's almost a new um, new January first where where some new um, 
where, where we have a few, you know, a few more uh, resolutions coming out. Um, we had mentioned a, a few minutes ago that we had two books available for a giveaway, uh, and there is still one book available. Uh, so it, uh, our next caller at 877-795-0122 will receive a signed copy of one of Archbishop Charles Chaput's uh, books. Uh, so um, hope we get someone in to be able to uh, benefit oh, I'm from, sure. from his writings. I'm sure we will, and whoever it is, they will definitely benefit. Um, again, he is a, a real leader in our church today, and he was very uh, excited to, uh, to sign these two books for us at Real Presence Radio, specifically for the purposes of giving them away on, on the air. And so, uh, again, that number, 877-795-0122. If you're first in line, you will get that book signed, autographed by Most Reverend Charles J. Chaput, Archbishop of Philadelphia. So as we've uh, kind of having our, our first time of, uh, of hosting together, Matt, um, how has the, how's the adjustment been for you coming into the Diocese of Winona, Rochester so far? You know, it's been wonderful to, uh, to come here, and uh, it's something that I've actually wanted to do for a long time. And um, the uh, opportunity finally uh, arose. It was a mutual friend uh, who I went to seminary with. Uh, earlier, Father Paul Hazing, uh, mm -hmm. he uh, mentioned Father Bill Bayer of Happy Memory. He was my rector at St. John Vianney Seminary. And my grandmother's pastor. Really? Yep. Uh, at Transfiguration. That's right. All right. Yep. And uh, so there's uh, someone in the office there in Winona who I went to seminary with, yeah. who kind of alerted me, hey, this opportunity is coming down the pike. And it happened very quickly after that. Um, and, you know, when the door is open, uh, you know that it's God's will. Yeah. Yeah, you picked a heck of a time to, to come uh, <laughs> right, right as winter, winter is winter? <laughs> uh, getting into, into full swing. But uh, now you get that reminder of the upper Midwest. And, you know, right, it's, it's, right. uh, there's a lot of glory, uh, a lot of God's glory showing here yeah. in, in nature as well. Another one of my uh, coworkers says, you know, you've got to earn spring. You gotta earn it. <laughs> I think we earned it this year. I think so. Uh, I think anybody in the lis listening area has <laughs> has definitely <laughs> earned this spring. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, we are uh, we are going to straight talk. I believe is that. We are excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live called Straight Talk, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics related to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. You've heard the sound effect. Please call 877-795-0122 or send your questions or comments to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Again, information to know, call in number and 877-795-0122. Point of uh, the point of straight talk is to start a conversation. It's an opportunity for listeners like you to call in with questions about the faith or ask questions and comment on things happening around us in the world today. It will be important uh, to uh, let's see here. People can uh, you can also again send us questions, comments on Facebook. We want to hear from you. That's the point. Yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, we've got a good amount of time here to hear from our listeners, to uh, do our best to respond to them and what's on their minds uh, here today. Um, 
You know, we've been talking a little bit about engaging uh, our legislators and our being engaged in the political process, uh, um, you know, even beyond the elections. You know, the elections are clearly very important, um, but, uh, but we have to continue to be involved. And, you know, one of the, one of the conversations that has been going on uh, quite a bit uh, lately throughout the United States is that of legalizing marijuana and um, you know this is this is one of those one of those topics that um, I think can be a little challenging uh, to um, you know to talk about as Catholics um, you know you know in some ways we we have this feeling that all right there's something not right about that there's something that you know doesn't feel right and um so i think the question could come up is does it not feel right simply because it has been illegal or does it not feel right because there is something immoral about it and um you know as as we look at uh, many many states who have uh, who have um been engaging this topic, uh, we're coming up with a, a number number of different responses. I know in the Minnesota legislature there was an initial um, um, turn down uh, of, of legalizing marijuana, at least uh, uh, recreational uh, marijuana. But I think one of, one of the things that makes the t- the topic of legalizing marijuana so difficult is, first of all, there, there's there's kind of two different thing, you know, two different aspects. There's the medicinal use and there's the recreational use right and the other part that makes it very difficult with the recreational use is you know are we talking about 1960s marijuana or are we talking about 2010s marijuana and there's a huge difference between them Hmm. yeah and and the other thing too i think is uh, what kind of concerns me is the economic aspect and that this is being driven uh, it seems largely in other states by this desire to collect taxes mm-hmm. uh, and, and that should not be uh, at all a first mm-hmm. consideration when you're talking about the health and safety of the general public yeah there's the taxes there's also a, you know a different aspect of uh, green tourism uh, uh, not not green as an eco-friendly uh, <laughs> but uh, green as sometimes as can be <laughs> not so friendly <laughs> from what I understand from from folks in other states that have legalized it that's right. That's right. And I, you know, I don't know what direction it's going to go, but, um, you know, when you look at cigarettes, you've got huge uh, uh, signs from the Surgeon General, uh, you know, with, with warning what cigarettes can do. Uh, you, you look at uh, alcohol and, you know, they have to show how much, uh, what percentage of alcohol uh, is in there, as well as giving a warning um, that it can affect, you know, especially preg- you know, pregnant mothers. And, um, you know, that's... Uh, I think sometimes marijuana is compared with cigarettes or alcohol and saying, you know, look, those are, those are drugs and uh, they're meant for recreational use. And so what's the big deal with marijuana? And um, I don't know. Personally, I, I, I find that to be a, a difficult uh, uh, comeback to rebut um, uh, because there, there certainly are uh, some similarities. But... Um, but with marijuana, and I, I, you know, I know I've talked to a, a number of people who have been affected within their families um, they, that have said, you know, people don't realize uh, the impact that marijuana can have. It's not, uh, it's not like it's, um, there's no possibility of, uh, you know, being physically harmed by it. Uh, you can overdose on, on marijuana. Um, and um, so I, I think as, as Catholics, uh, 
you know, there, there, there are a lot of aspects to consider, uh, but I, I think one of, the, one of the big things for us to remember as well, uh, whether or not it is legalized, uh, we are called to virtue. We are called to uh, be prudent in our use of anything. Um, you know, I, if, if marijuana were legalized, I would really have no interest in, <laughs> in pursuing it, uh, right. in, in testing it out. I, you know, I, I have no interest in, uh, in cigarettes. Um, you know, there, there, are, there are some things that simply do not interest me. Uh, but even if you are interested, uh, you would certainly have to look at that level of prudence that you are exercising. Right. I think also we have to look at the fact that still it is across the board on a federal level illegal. You know, regardless of what any state decides it, it wants to do, uh, it's still federally prohibited. And, and, and so I think that is still a, kind of a, a, a teaching law in, in the sense that it, it's still meant to give you a warning. Let's say we, we shouldn't really be doing this. We, we, need, we, we don't know enough, at the very least, about what this does to people. And there are studies coming out now that are correlating, uh, for example, a lower ATC test mm-hmm. scores with use of marijuana that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, to me that's not surprising yeah. uh, and but uh, but also I think as Catholics we're called to uh, be discerning about these things uh, to make distinctions and not to just say well if, if it feels good I guess it's okay well God God created it well I guess it's okay well no yeah God created different things for different reasons and meant yeah. for different purposes and we, it, we it's up to us to uh, use our intellect in order to discern what that is. That's right. That's right. And uh, you're, you're uh, listening to Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. And again, we would invite our, our listeners to call on in. Uh, the number is 877 I would love to hear your questions and to be able to uh, respond, at least to the best of our ability. Uh, I don't always know that give a a perfect response. Sometimes the response requires a book uh, to (laughs) to really give all the explanation. What Uh, I like to say is I say, say, what what am I, the answer man? (laughs) It's my favorite joke. (laughs) It's a great comeback for any any question. What am I, the answer man? But if you want to test out to see if Matt is the answer man, you can call I'm in at 877-795-0122. I can promise you that. I'm not. But uh, but we love to talk. We do. We do. And another thing we've got coming up here uh, this Sunday, uh, we're getting to the midpoint on our Lenten journey. Letare Sunday. Letare. So uh, Letare Sunday, uh, always, always a great Sunday. I get to make fun of myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I figure you know, late Letari, uh, you know, we, we, we want to we want to rejoice, we want to praise the Lord, um, and you know, if you're if you're not able to uh, rejoice because we're halfway through Lent, at least you know, look at me wearing a rose-colored vestment, and you can laugh at least. <laughs> hey, and it's great to look at the world through rose-colored vestments. It is. It is. When we're out in the congregation, it's something different. Mm-hmm. We, it's a sign. It so, is. Hey, pay attention. That's anything in the litur- in the liturgy. That's what it's meant to get your attention and say this is this is here for a reason. And we we have lovely holy distractions as well. Yeah. Uh, you know the art in the church, the architecture, all that is meant to lift our hearts and minds to God. Also beautiful vestments and the symbolism that comes along with the different colors of the seasons or feasts. And mm-hmm. you know, some people would say, well, it's a pink vestment. Well. I would I would say no rose or 
Maybe a rosé. Well, you know, if you want to go with a, <laughs> a couple of vino. Couple, I tell you what, a couple couple of years ago, uh, I was I was in a parish and um, I got up in front of everybody and said, "Look, it's rose." It's not pink, uh, <laughs> and you know, I mean, trying trying to have some fun, have some fun ha- with them, happy. and then I then I got to the I got to the next um, I got to the next uh, parish, and uh, and I looked at my vestments and I thought, no, this is rose. That other one definitely was pink. That was bubblegum pink. There is no question about it, uh, and it was. <laughs> So, 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 you out on it, well, they, I mean, they, yeah, they, they love to, they love to have fun because I like to have fun with it as well. Um, but uh, I got back to the the other parish the following week. I said, now I know last week uh, I, I kind of chastised everybody for calling this this pink. Uh, well, it is. <laughs> there, there is no question. And I, and I think you're, you're, you know, you're absolutely right that you know we, we have the option. Um, it's not a requirement, so you know many parishes will the, the priest will be there in purple, um, but there is the option of wearing the rose vestments uh, uh, to mark that difference, uh, to have that holy distraction of, all right, there's something different here, um, and we we start to make that shift into the second half of um, of our Lenten Lenten practice, which I think is also you know a good reminder for people that you know no matter how you're doing on your Lenten practices, uh, there, there's still more Lent to come. Yes. And there's still, there's still time to uh, grow in prayer, to grow in fasting, to grow in almsgiving. And as you grow in that, it prepares you to be able to celebrate Easter very well. Absolutely. And what does that word letare mean, if, if somebody's not familiar with that? Is that? You're putting me on the spot here, man. Is that rejoice? Uh, this, uh, I, th- I, I want to say praise the Lord. Pr- oh, I think yeah. Gaudete, Gaudete is rejoice. Okay. Rejoice, the Lord is near. That's, oh, that's, that's right. Gaudete for, okay. for Advent. Uh, so for all of our listeners out there, if you get confused on uh, the difference between Laetare and Gaudete Sunday, so do we. I always uh, want to say Laudate. <laughs> that's how confused I am. <laughs> well, there's, uh, I forget which, which psalm it is, Laudate Domino, uh, um, praise the Lord. Mm. Um, one of, one of my one of my favorite uh, uh, favorite psalms. Uh, I won't won't sing it for you right now. It, it gets pretty high, and my voice is not. <laughs> well, I didn't know that uh, that priest had the option not to wear the rose vestment on Latara Sunday. Yeah, there there is there is that option. You're really um, putting yourself out there. I know, I know, but that's that's what it says in the ordo. So uh, you know, I, I I I wear the rose vestments. I like it, um, but I, I know some parishes just, just don't even have it. Um, they, they don't ha- have that color. You know. You, a few other options uh, that are out there, you know, gold vestments, silver vestments, black vestments. Um, those can be worn at uh, some various times of the year. But again, you know, not every parish has all of those options, mm-hmm. um, and it's not the, not in the practice. But um, but I, I think that's one of the things that, that one of the things the church does is try to provide us with some options that you know, if we want to have that greater variety, to be able to point out that there is something different. There's a, there's a turning uh, point that's happening here. We can do that even in the way that we dress. Absolutely. Again, the uh, number to call, 877-795-0122 for Straight Talk. If you go out to start a conversation, we'd love to do that with you. Again, 877-795-0122. Father, what, what have you uh, decided? To, I'm going to put you on the spot. What have you done for Lent this year? What's well, you know, I, uh, I think it was Ash Wednesday. Uh, it was either Ash Wednesday or the first Sunday of Lent. Um, I, I talked about one of my best Lents ever. Uh, and one of my best Lents ever was when I decided to pray the rosary each day. 
you know, I was back in seminary, and uh, part of it was kind of, well, I'm a seminarian, I should probably pray the rosary. This is a good thing to do. Uh, and, um, you know, there, there was a lot of, lot of fruit that came from that. And I think one of the biggest things was realizing, wow, you know, if I want to pray, I have to make time for it. You know, it's not just going to happen on its own. And so um, over time, I have discovered that my uh, daily practice of praying the rosary has eroded a little bit. And so I've committed myself to uh, praying a rosary again each day. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I've been trying to do with, uh, with, my, with my prayer. Um, and, and it is good because, you know what, folks, life gets busy. Yes. <laughs> and life will fill up as much as you let it. But if we want to grow, if we want to become holy, if we want to become the, the people that God's created us to be, we have to make that a priority. Uh, we, we, have to, we have to put that in our calendar first and then let other things come in around it. Um, I've, I've also given up pizza. Uh, 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 pizza is, is, is one of my favorite foods. You know, it wouldn't be uncommon to have it once, twice, perhaps three times a week. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just kind of realizing that's, that's probably not the best thing for me. No. Uh, and uh, and that, that also requires me to plan. It requires me to think ahead to say, okay, what am I going to have for dinner? Because what, what would often happen is, well, it's you know, 6 o'clock, and, oh, I guess I don't really have any in the, anything in the fridge, and I don't really feel like going to the grocery store and getting things and then cooking it. So I'll just get a pizza. Um, you know, that it became the easy way out rather than the healthy way out. Um, also been looking, looking at almsgiving, um, uh, you know, and, and just the way that, um, you know, that I am contributing to the parish, contributing to the diocese, contributing to the feeding of the poor. And, uh, you know, I have my, my regular giving, uh, that, that that I have been been offering you each month, um, but throughout Lent I've been looking at some different organizations and and saying you know what, I can do more, uh, I can do more. I mean the, I've got I've got some money just sitting in my checking accounts and it doesn't need to be there, uh, so I'll put it where somewhere where it's going to have more and more of an effect. This money is essentially somebody else's. Yep, and you just need to move it over to where it's needed. Absolutely. It's, well, it's actually God's money, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, I had that. I had that realization uh, back in seminary when, uh, when I first started. Uh, I was very foolish the summer before and maxed out a credit card. Which, as oh. a college student, you know, your 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 max isn't that much, uh, oh. but it was still more than I could handle without having a job, uh, without um, having any way of paying it back. And some generous donor uh, wrote a check to me. And was able to pay off the rest of the credit card, and so uh, it both helped me to be more more uh, fiscally prudent, uh, and realizing okay, credit cards aren't just free money. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that you, you do have to pay that back. You have to have a way of paying back that credit card. Uh, but I also realized this is all gift. I mean, the, the, the resources that we have, and it's it's not just the money, but it's even the ability to make money. It's all gift. It all belongs to God, and God is giving us these gifts to be able to, to be used uh, to experience the fullness of life, to support a family, um, but also to support the broader church, to support those who are in need. Right. Everything is gift. Uh, fundamentally, there are even our desire to do good for him is itself a gift. That's right. It's all grace. Yeah. Now, uh, moving on to uh, to another another topic here, Matt. I know uh, Pope Francis has had a lot to say uh, recently about the the role of marriage uh, and and family life. Um, you know, of, of course, we had uh, had his apostolic exhortation uh, that came out a, a little while ago. Um, 
uh, Amoris Laetitia, and he talked a lot about that. Uh, we had a he had another recent comment. I think it was was it his uh, uh, Sunday Angelus talk where he talked about the uh, the role of marriage and family as having an essential mission in our world today. That's right on the solemnity of the Annunciation. Annunciation. That was one of my favorite feasts. Pope Francis emphasized the importance of family and marriage for society. He also called the Virgin Mary a model for every vocation, each and every vocation. So, Matt, why why is marriage and family still important? I mean, we you know we look around, we see so many so many varieties of uh, ways of living. Uh, you know, divorce is a regular thing, and so regular that a lot of people have just decided, well, you know, I don't want that, so I'm not going to get married. But but then you have the Pope, you know, you know, driving it back into us again and say, no, marriage and family do have an essential mission. Yes, indeed, uh, and especially the for women, I would say. Uh, uh, women are, are, are really, the, I would say, the real, uh, the main, well, I would say, yeah, I would say the main winners when it comes to marriage because they are supported then fully in, in their vocation in being a spouse, not only of being a spouse, but potentially uh, bearing children. And a woman needs uh, to be supported in that. And mm-hmm. marriage is the best way for humans to flourish in that sense, but then also for the man to fulfill his vocation, his need to, uh, as we talked about earlier in the show, to protect, to provide, to establish, mm-hmm. to initiate. Yeah. Uh, men need that. And when there's a situation, maybe cohabitation or, or whatever have you, where, where things are, are not, there's not that, that concrete stability there that people the man and the, and the wife know that no matter what we're going to stick this out through thick and thin i mean barring any egregious acts mm-hmm. uh, sometimes there is cause for separation yeah but um but you know th- it's just really the best place for human flourishing it is the ideal and just because some people fail to attain that ideal doesn't mean that we should give up on the idea. Yeah, because I know there's there's a lot of conversation that I've heard o- over the past few years that you know, you know we we can't you know put marriage on a pedestal because it makes other people feel bad. Um, and and I understand that you know if you if you are in a situation where uh, maybe you're you're a single parent, maybe you're you're divorced, maybe you're widowed, um, you know that, that there's there's a struggle in there, and and, and the struggle is real. Um, but that doesn't make marriage less ideal. Uh, that's that part of the mission of this world that God has created is to have that basic cell of society, that basic cell of the church, the, 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 the domestic church um, that helps us to be formed, that gives us a, a place of uh, safety, of comfort, of growth, and we are able to continue on in that way. All right. So a wonderful, wonderful uh, conversation, but uh, we do have someone on the line. I believe it's uh, Dale from Bismarck. Is it, did I get that name right? You got it right. Thank you very much. Would you like to uh, talk to Father Will Thompson about on Straight Talk? I would. Um, he was just talking about uh, making pizza the easy way out. And I've been thinking <laughs> for some time that with all these people making these laws about abortion, um, about you know, making more drugs, uh, making the crime less of a crime so our, our prisons aren't full. And, and all of this easy way out, is that what they're doing? And is that 
is that all Satan doing that? I mean, these are not laws that I would vote on. Mm-hmm. So could you elaborate on that? You know, uh, I guess what your question makes me think of is, um, you know, an, an argument that has gone along with abortion laws that if we don't have these abortion freedom laws in place, people are going to go to back alleys and that will be dangerous. Um, that uh, I, I think that there, you know, that uh, that we do have uh, that motivation to open up, uh, you know, not just to make choice available, but to try to make uh, you know make things safer for the women who are receiving abortions. Where where I struggle uh, accepting that at all is the the level of um, um, oversight that there is. At abortion clinics, I mean, it's it's not there. Right. I mean, even even some laws that have have been put forward to have uh, you know visitations and to have standards uh, have been shot down. Uh, they, they've they've been shot down uh, because of the the sense that this will limit freedom, uh, this will limit the the availability uh, of abortions. But you know, I mean, really, what they're what they're saying is it is better uh, to have you know. You know, unsanitary conditions. It's better to have untested conditions. It is better to have all of these things than to not have them. Which you know, I, I, I just I can't see how when you know when hospitals have to go through so many regulations to stay open that an abortion clinic doesn't have to do any of that. That doesn't make sense to me. If it were real health care, yeah, you would. I mean, why not have a requirement for all these uh, quote-unquote doctors to have visitation rights at a hospital just makes sense for the safety of those involved. But, of course, abortion is not at all about safety. It's not concerned with safety of anyone. Right. And we see that no. every year that uh, women die from this procedure, uh, not yeah. just their babies. And, you know, one of the things that I, I really appreciate about the, you know, the Catholic approach here, I mean, uh, you know, there's, you know, we, we, we do not support abortion at all. However, if someone does receive an abortion, we have counseling. We have Project Rachel uh, retreats uh, to uh, recover emotionally. There uh, is forgiveness. From, from those. There is forgiveness there. And, and that's not something that's really uh, in, encouraged, I don't think. You know, you know, if, someone, if someone says secularly, you know, I feel bad about my abortion, well, suddenly they're against abortion and you know, they're shut down. Right. Uh, so, you know, Gail, I, I think I think you're I think you're on <laughs> right on, on the spot there. That uh, there are, there are a lot of things that just aren't right about the the push to make abortion totally available. Um, that it's you know it really is not helping, uh, uh, especially the women uh, receiving the abortion. Certainly not the uh, you know the children being aborted. Um, but we, you know, we still have our, still have our work cut out for us uh, in in getting the message of life out there. That it's, you know, it's it's not only about you know the freedom of choice for the woman, but it's, you know, you know, giving the child. You know, what what about the what about the you know the the rights of unborn women uh, as well? As I've seen some bumper stickers uh, say. So I hope that response uh, helps for you, Gail. It does. It doesn't make it any easier, but I'm glad there is no. forgiveness for everything. You know, um, that's the wonderful thing about our Catholic faith. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Gail. Thank you. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and uh, 
We, I am Matt Wilkham, along with Father Will Thompson, and this is Straight Talk. We have just a, a couple more minutes in this segment, uh, so if you wanted to give us a, a shout-out at 877-795-0122, if you want to start a conversation about anything regarding the faith, ask a question or comment, talk to, with Father Will Thompson. Uh, I guess, Father, I'm reminded of the quote by St. Mother Teresa about abortion. Mm-hmm. That we talked about Jim Caviezel, you know, he, he highlighted um, her her comments when speaking to, I believe it was the government of the US, United States uh, back a few years ago. Uh, but she said one time that it is a great poverty that a child must die mm-hmm. so that you may live as you wish. Yeah, and it really gets, I think, to the heart of why are we why are we even here on this earth in the first place? What's the point of life? Is it just to have everything as easy as possible. Uh, the cross shows us something different. It does. That there's meaning in suffering, that there's meaning in sacrifice, no matter how difficult it may seem at that time. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real wake-up call, I think, to a, a culture that has become very addicted to convenience. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, as you talk about sacrifice and um you know, I mean, choosing what choosing, choosing what is right, uh, not rather than choosing what feels good. Uh, choosing, you know, to follow my vocation rather than you know choosing to just take care of myself. Um, it's a great challenge, and you it's know, also, it, it yeah. certainly is. But that's it's one of the things that Lent helps us to yes. do. You know, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I I, I know we can get into uh, and I, you know hear it all the time that you know giving up chocolate isn't enough for Lent. Well, maybe for some people it is. Yeah. You know, maybe some people that 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 sacrifice right there opens up a whole new world that you know this is not about me. Right. You know, my my life is not about me. My life is not mine. That's right. And and I think that that's one of the great lessons that we can learn in life. There there's a lot of a lot of important lessons, you know, learn how to share, learn how to play nice. Right. Um but I think you know as we we become adults, learning that this is not just about me and and I'm not the center of my own life. That can really open up a, a whole a whole vista of possibilities uh, for our lives in Christ. I think Lent is a great opportunity for us uh to focus on the question, what kind of person do I want to be? Who do I want to become? Who am I called to, to become? Mm-hmm. And as you go throughout life, uh, I, I was talking with somebody uh, before the show about this. You know, we're, we're always learning as we go through life. There's always more that we can learn. You know, I know when I was in college and high school, uh, just how juvenile I was in my thinking. Even though I knew I was going to be going into the seminary, there were still a lot of things that needed to be purged. And it, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it was very painful. Yep. Uh, so I'm Definitely not somebody who's getting up on a soapbox and telling, saying, I've, I've not been there. I don't know, uh, you know, that, that saying that I'm somehow different than everyone else. I'm, yeah. I'm the same. I'm, I'm a sinner. Well, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's the, the verbiage that we use. You know, sometimes thinking about sacrifice, um, you know, that's too tough. You know, you know, like I can't sacrifice something. Uh, but if you look at the word, sacrifice comes from Latin, sacra facere to make holy uh-huh. and so so really we're looking at, okay how, how how are you being made holy uh what are you willing to uh do what are you willing to fight for to become the person that you have been called to be and we were talking about marriage before and uh that it's still an essential mission in our world uh and it is because that's what we we're called to do and as we fight for that um uh, that that family life and, and family life is tough you know I, I probably know that better now as a uh, a priest 
than I ever knew that uh, you know uh, before I entered seminary. Sure, sure. Thank you to uh, Gail who called in and. Uh, all those who wrote to your uh, your questions, sorry if we didn't get to you. Reminder, this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Coming up, can music help you in your prayer during Mass? We will answer that question. Plus, we'll reveal how you can be a part of an exciting event between two rival Newman Centers. That's next on Real Presence Live. <laughs> 